to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can f make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some f really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, now that, my friend, is <laughs> very hard to do. And you have to train. You have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it, it's there. The expression of the human body. I mean, the f everything. I mean, you know, not just the hand. And when you're talking about combat, well, I mean, if, if, it, if it is a sport, now, now you're talking about something else. You have regulations, you have rules. But when you're talking about fighting as it is, oh, with no rules. Not real fighting. Well, then, baby, you better train every part of your body. Pen Nation. What's up, guys? You're now tuned into another edition of BJPen.com Radio, the Fighter's Voice. As always, I'm your host, Big J Kinch, and this is episode 130. We've got two great guests for you and two awesome conversations for your listening pleasure. We're going to kick things off with one of the usual suspects here on BJPen.com Radio, good friend of the show, controversial. The one and only Colby Chaos Covington. No, fuck, 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 fuck. We're going to kick things off with one of the usual suspects here on BJPen.com Radio. Good friend of the show. And a guy you love to hate, Colby Chaos Covington. Then next up after Colby, our final guest for this episode will be joined by top UFC featherweight coming off a sensational win over Shane Burgos that left him with some serious injuries, Josh Emmett. So thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll waste no time and jump right into it. Coming up first, BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, Colby Covington. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of our favorite guests and good friend of BJPenn.com, always imitated, never duplicated, the one and only Colby Chaos Covington. Colby, it's been a while, my man. How have you been? I've been great, brother. It's, it's good to be back uh, on BJ Penn Radio and uh, sharing some uh, truth light on the world. Hey, man, we appreciate the time as always. Before we jump into it, obviously there's a lot to discuss, but before we jump into it, I understand you uh, spent some time with Miami PD yesterday. Yep, that's right. You know, as, as uh, America's champ, as the people's champ, as uh, Miami's champ and Donald Trump's favorite fighter, you know, I got to get out and clean the streets up, man. I got to go out there and get back and show support to the first responders, the people that are protecting our streets, that are protecting our freedoms, that are protecting our laws, you know? So, I mean, you see all the rioting going on around the world. If we don't have cops, man, it'd be the wild, wild west these days, and people will be getting shot left and right. So, 
you know, I wanted to go give some support to those guys and, and dedicate, you know, two full days of showing them a seminar and then for one day and then the other day just going and shooting with them, hanging out and just boosting their morale because, you know, their morale is low right now. You know, people are hating on cops. You know, they're trying to de- defund the police, which is a complete joke. And, you know, so I had to I had to go out and show that blue lives do matter. And, and you know, you got to you got to respect the first responders for putting their lives on the line to protect our laws. Yeah, definitely, man. It's a crazy time in the world. I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, the, the the suggested answers right now are not the right answers. I, I agree with you 100% there. But doing a seminar, were you, you showing them techniques or what? Yeah, showing them some stuff for the street. You know, they were, they were asking me, like, hey, Colby, you know, is uh, you got any good takedowns, you know, in case, uh, you know, some guys come at us in the streets and just showing them some variations on some single leg takedowns and some double leg stuff and you know, they can't learn chokes anymore. They're like, man, I really wanted to learn some chokes from you, Colby. But now, like, chokes are pretty much outlawed in the in the first responder for first responders because if we put our hands near anybody's throat, you know, you know, that's making front page CNN, and and you know, we're gonna be losing our jobs and probably go to jail for life. So, you know, we can't put our throat our hands around their throats anymore, and we just want to take them down and just make sure they're subdued before we cuff them. Yeah, man, I tell you, I've had a lot of conversations with people, and I think that jujitsu training is so important for police officers, and that, you know, it should almost be a requirement that these guys should have to, uh, you know, instead of maybe uh, continuing education credits in, in regards to law enforcement, they should be required to do some training in jujitsu because you'd be able to subdue a guy, not hurt them, and not see the kind of uh, mishaps happen, you know, tragic mishaps. Uh, mishap may, might not even be the word, man, but, you know, see the awful kind of stuff that we've seen happen uh, previously with uh, police encounters. Yeah, it's true, you know, and I, I think some of those, uh, you know, some of the police force are starting to pick that up that, you know, they need to be well-equipped in jiu-jitsu and learn how to subdue a person and, and be able to hold them down without, you know, knowing their limits that, you know, that if you're choking them and, and uh, if they can't breathe or whatnot. So, you know, I think uh, them getting on the mats and learning some jiu-jitsu and learning a little wrestling is, is only going to help them in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're still in Miami, dude. We haven't talked in a while. You're still in Miami, still down there, uh, you know, slaying all the ladies, I'm sure. Uh, tell us about the choice to, choice to stay down there after the departure from ATT. Yeah, the, the biggest thing was all the mamacitas in South Beach. You know, I didn't, I didn't just want to up and leave them, man. All, all the time and and cardio work that they've given me in the bedroom to be well prepared and be America's champion today. I couldn't just leave them up and dry, Jason. I, you know, I got a, I got a schedule out here with these chicks for every different day of the week with them. So, you know, I couldn't just leave them and and take my training camp elsewhere because. You know, I, I don't know what other places are going to offer, what type of girls and, and the quality of them that they offer. I know all the, the mamacitas out here are all fine. They're, they're all 10. So, you know, I know I'm getting good cardio work in the bedroom with them. And, and you know, I ain't going anywhere. You know, I'm not I'm not running from any problems. You know, I'm, I was never the problem. You know, I was I was more of, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just know I wasn't the problem. And this isn't my fault. And. You know, I'm not going to run away from the situation because just because, you know, I'm not going to be training at gym no more. I just decided to start my own gym, you know, Colby Covington Incorporated, you know, and I've been busy with that. You know, I got board meetings at Colby Covington Inc. every single day. And, you know, we're tackling, you know, the, the main things that need to get tackled, you know, and that's showing support for first responders and military and, and getting back out there on the battlefield and showing people who, who the real champ of the division is. So you kind of, you took this as an opportunity to kind of take your brand and, you know, make it into, uh, make it into something more. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it, my brand was being held back, you know, being an American top team. You know, I have nothing but respect for Dan Lambert. The guy's been nothing but a, a mentor and a good friend. But, you know, you cross the line when you try and tell me what I can and cannot do in the professional fighting business. We're getting locked in the octagon to kill each other, take each other's brain cells, send each other to the morgue. And you're worried about some words that I might be saying? I mean, it's just, it sounds a little petty and a little childish. And I didn't have time for that anymore, Jason. I, you know, I got big business to take care of. And, you know, just like I said, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. And, you know, this isn't the feelings business. This is the ultimate fighting business. So I just figured I should take my talent somewhere else and start my own gym and not have to worry about repercussions of what I say and you know it's it's been the best thing the best fit I could ever imagine you know I brought some great coaches around me I'm not going to talk about them yet you know we're working hard in silence right now but I can tell you that when I come back to fight you're going to see Colby 2.0 and a Colby you've never seen before well it sounds like you're right now you're able to really uh, uh specialize the training and have it solely focused on you which is always a good thing for a guy in prize fighting uh, but you mentioned Dan Lambert, and I know you guys, you were very fond of him, and you guys had a good relationship, but it sounds like that that no trash talk policy, was that the kind of, that was the, the uh, final nail in the coffin, if you will? Yeah, that was that was completely the, the ending, you know, of our relationship, you know, as, you know, a team and uh, being a part of that team anymore, you know, it's just, you're not going to tell me what I can and cannot do, you know, your team's name is American Top Team. Just, just think about that for a second. American top team. What are our constitutional rights in America, Jason? Do we not have freedom of speech? Absolutely. Oh, well, man. for now, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the foreseeable future, future, and as long as you know our great president Donald Trump's running at the helm, you know, I, I think you know we're not going to be having our constitutional rights taken away. So, with that being said, you know, it's just it's not fair to try and take someone's voice away in their platform and try and tell them what they can and cannot do, especially in the fighting business. I mean, it's already an ugly business as it is. And then to be mad about some words when, you know, we're getting locked in a cage to kill each other in our underwear on Saturday nights. I mean, it's just, it's just a little pathetic and it's just, it's not right, you know? And, but, you know, I have no ill will towards it. You know, I think Dan had to do what he had to do and he felt that, that, you know, that, that was right to implement that policy for the team. You know, he wanted to make sure there was still unity in the team. He wanted to make sure that, you know, there wasn't distractions for the other pro fighters. And, you know, so this is this is the best thing that could ever happen. You know, I don't want to be a distraction. I, you know, I've always been all about teams and, and, and putting in the work and, and helping everybody. You know, I'd help the amateurs. I'd help anybody in the gym that was there. And, and for them to to try and tell me, give limits on my career and what I can do was just, it wasn't right. So this is the best thing that could ever happen to form Colby Covington Incorporated and just started my own way. You know, now I don't have to worry about, you know, what people, how people feel and this and that. I just, I do what I want when I want. And, that, and that's the motto at Colby Covington Inc. is that, you know, we do what we want when we want and, and no one's going to stop us. If they got something to say, come meet us in the octagon. Yeah, man, it is a selfish sport, right? I mean, you're prize fighting at the end of the day. So while it does take a team to get you to the fight, it's all about you in there. You know, it's it's you against your opponent, and then it's your career on the line. It's your small window of time to maximize all of the money that you could possibly make and, you know, become the biggest star that you possibly can. So, uh, you know, completely understandable, but it sounds like uh, not only the trash talk policy, but there was probably a lot of people complaining about you still being there. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. A lot of people were complaining. A lot of people were up in their feelings and, you know, they, they don't understand it. They don't understand the psychology that goes into it. And, 
you know, there's a reason that no one can do what I what I can do. And there's a reason why, you know, people actually are drawn to me. And there's a reason I'm the people's champ. You know, I, I fight for the people. I speak for the people. And, you know, I think people like that I'm real and I stand up. And I'm not I'm not afraid to say the hard, the cold, hard truth, you know. And, and you know, if, you, if you're not okay with the brutal, honest truth, you know, that's your problem. You know, facts don't care, care about your feelings. They're still facts. So, you know, this is... This has been a great transition, and I just I feel free, Jason. I feel like I had cuffs on me before, and, and I was being weighed down. Now I just feel completely free, and I just I've never felt this sense of energy before. And I just I feel unstoppable, and I, I really do know that when I come back, it, it's going to be a whole different me, a Colby Chaos Covington 2.0, and it's going to be a completely different look next time you see me in the octagon. Well, speaking of which, man, obviously there's a lot of movement at welterweight right now. There's been a lot of craziness with the UFC dealing with COVID-19, Fight Island, events with no audiences, all of that stuff. Uh, you know, we've, we, we have a title fight coming up. But what what's going on with you, man? I know that uh, the Kamara Usman fight, the last time we spoke, <clears throat> the rematch was the fight you were really gunning for. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. But, you know, has there been any offers, any talks of fights? When do you plan on coming back? Yeah, you know, I, I've been ready to fight since January, you know, as, as soon as that, that fight ended in December, it was just, I had such a bad taste in my mouth, I mean, just all the corruption, you know, all the, the bad calls, the, the fake calls, calling the fake nut shot, the fake eye poke, the, the early stoppage, was which wasn't warranted or justified, I was completely in the fight, I stood right up and said, what are you doing, dude, I was intelligently defending myself, but, you know, we found out that Mark Goddard hates Donald Trump and he's anti-Brexit, so, you know, there's a reason why I got cheated, so, so, you know, the UFC knows where I stand. I'm ready to fight, but there's really only a couple options that I'm willing to accept. I want my rematch. The people want the rematch. I mean, they just put out the UFC 245 replay, and they put it on YouTube for free, and the people saw what happened. They saw that, that you know, there's unfinished business there. You know, that was round one, but you know what? There's going to be a sequel, and there's going to be a trilogy to me and Marty Fake Newsman. And, and if there's not, then, you know, I'm not wasting my time with any of these other jobbers in the division. I mean, if you, I mean... It, I know Dana's having a dispute with Street Judas Masvidal right now. Hey, Dana, you know who to call? Call me, bro. I'll finish Street Judas off. I'll send that dude to the morgue. He won't ever fight again, you know. He's got the BMF title, but that's not even a real title. It's a participation trophy. He's really got the SMF title right now, the saddest motherfucker, or the scaredest motherfucker, because he's scared to fight. It wasn't a, mo a money issue. It was a scared issue. So, you know, if I can't get Street Judas or, or uh, Marty Fake Newsman, there's just not a lot of... There's just there's no options out there that I want besides those two fights. You know, the obviously with the with the Kamaru fight not coming to fruition, like I said earlier, the next obvious fight to make is you and Jorge settle that bad blood. Has there been any talk of that fight coming to fruition, or uh, you know, do you think uh, Jorge might price himself out again, like he did with Kamaru? Yeah, I. I think, uh, you know, that's it's sad because UFC gave George a great price. You know, they, they gave him a great great price. He just didn't want to take the ass whooping. You know, there, there ain't no amount of money that Street Juice is going to get offered to get in a cage with me because he knows we ain't talking about paychecks. We talking about him going to the morgue. You know, he can, we can, honestly, if me and Jorge fought, we could do it all for nothing. Put all our paycheck to the winner. I, I don't need nothing if I lose, but, you know, I know I'm not going to lose, so I'm not really too worried. Let's see how confident he is then. Let's see how confident he is then as a BMF, you know? He's a scared motherfucker. He ain't a BMF, he's an SMF. His 15 minutes, his 15 seconds of fame are over. He's a broke motherfucker, and soon enough, he's going to be coming, crawling out of his little hole, begging to fight me. 
Now you've <clears throat> you've had a dispute with the UFC in regards to being compensated properly before. We've I know uh, you know John Jones is your best friend, and obviously uh, you know you and Jorge have uh, have your situation. But do you at all kind of relate to the situation of trying to get a, a better you know a, a better payday for what you guys go out there and do? Uh, you know, I, I can't relate anything with George. I think that he's been overpaid as it is. I think he got a fake participation Bernie Sanders trophy as it is. And, you know, I mean, I can't. He got paid to fight Nate Diaz, the soy boy. You should never be paid to fight Nate Diaz. That guy's washed up 20 years past his prime. I mean, double digit losses, 50 50 fighter. For you to get paid as good as you got paid to fight Nate Diaz, you should be thanking. You should be. You should be sending letters to Dana White every week, like "Thank you so much, Dana, for giving me that free money." Now take your ass whooping to Cameron Usman or me, and, and your 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 fame is up. No one cares about you. Everybody knows you hit lightning in a bottle. We know you ain't ready to capitalize. And you're not the best fighter in the world because if you were, you step up to the plate and try and get the real world championship. So you know I can't sympathize with Street Judas Masvidal. He's just, but you know. Let, let's take a second for my victory lap, Jason, because who called this? Who called this six months ago and said that Street Judas was going to price himself out and he didn't want to fight? He was scared to fight. You, Marty you, you did. You did say that he would. Uh, he would. He would price himself out. I do remember this. How long ago did I tell everybody? You know, so he got offered the same amount of money that he did to fight Nate. You know, he should be proud that he got paid to fight that soy boy in the first place so you know i'm just gonna take my victory lap and just enjoy the fact that you know another shot that i called just like the shot that i called to get to the white house and be the only fighter in the history of the sport to go to the white house and hang out with the sitting president so aside from masvidal and kamaru there's no fight that interests you i mean you know dustin soye he, he interests me but you know he just because all the shit he talked, I don't like it when people go to the media and they say things, Jason. When I've said everything to you in the media, I meant it and I backed it up. Like, I say I want to fight someone, I go out there and fight him. Dustin's out there saying, oh, it's on site next time I see you, Kobe, bub. If it's on site, let's go do it in front of the world. Let's go get paid and do it in front of the world. But he knows better than that, you know. He, he's just going to stay scared and keep running for me just like his good friend George, Street Judas Masvidal. So, you know, if, if it's not any grudge matches with, like, a Dustin or or uh, a Jorge or, or my rematch, which I rightfully deserve because I beat fucking Marty's ass and everybody saw that and it was just a fake corrupt fight from the start, then, you know, I'm, I, I don't have anything to prove. I've already proved everything there is to prove in this sport. I've won a world title. I've went to the White House. I beat everybody put in front of me. Now I, I want big fights, and if they can't bring big fights to me, you know, just, you know, then I'm not going to waste my time. So you're content to sit out if the right fight doesn't cross your plate? Yeah, I'm content to sit out, man. I've made enough money, Jason, where, you know, I, I don't need to fight, man. I, I, I could I could walk away from the sport forever and, and never fight. But, you know, that's not what I want to do. I'm still passionate, and I love the sport. I love fighting. and I love the thrill of it, you know, all the lead up, you know. And I love training, man. I train every single day hard as I can, like I'm preparing for a world title fight tomorrow. You know, if someone were to get injured, I, I would step up because I'm that type of fighter, and that's the character that I bring. You know, I'm a hard-working, blue-collar American, and, you know, I fight for the troops, I fight for the Trumps, and you know, I want the biggest toughest fights out there, the fights that people think I have no chance to win. I mean, there's not any fights out there like that, but you know what I mean. I, I want the biggest challenges, and if I can't get the biggest challenges, I'm not going to waste my time showing up to fight a guy like Mike Perry, who's you know, it'd literally be a death certificate, and, and it wouldn't be legal for me to get locked in a cage with him. 
What did you think of him having his girlfriend corner him? I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, look at the guy. You think he's, you think coaching's going to help that guy? He beat Mickey Gall. That ain't a fight. It wouldn't be legal for me to fight Mike Perry. Literally, that's a written death certificate for him. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned Poirier. I know before the departure with ATT, there was some bad blood there. Then it seemed like things got smoothed over. Now, obviously, we're back to, I guess, how you guys really feel about each other. I know you called it for him to win over uh, Dan Hooker. What did you think of his performance? And, you know, what, what do you think it would take to get him to move up and wait to face you? Uh, you know, I didn't think that that, in, that performance was that impressive. I mean, let's be honest. It took you 25 minutes to beat a hooker. Usually hookers are in and out within a couple of minutes. So the fact that that hooker lasted that long is is a, is a feat in itself. But, you know, if Hooker would have kept kicking at the second round, you know, Dustin wouldn't have been standing. The fight would have been over. So it wasn't really an impressive fight. I mean, what Hooker's a former featherweight. You know, he's, he's I mean, he got he got finished by Edson Barbosa in like a minute or two. I mean, so he's not really that good of a fighter. So, I mean, you know, I didn't think – I thought I thought he got beat. I thought Dustin got beat. You know, it was a very close fight, but I thought he got beat. But, you know, just, just all the shit he's talked about on site. No, I want to move up to 170 and this and that. I mean – Dustin walks around bigger than me. I, we've stepped on scales. You know, he's about 185. You know, I'm one, I'm low 180s. So, you know, I just don't have to cut weight because I'm not scared to fight at my natural weight because I know I'm the best in the world. So, you know, I, I would love that grudge match with Dustin. He's one of the main reasons that, you know, the relationship with American Top Team went south because he was always complaining to Dan Lambert every day. Oh, Colby, man. You're saying mean things to me, Dan. You need you need to make some you need to set some laws down and let him know that he can't speak to me like that. So I'm just I'm sick of his crying little attitude and that little bullshit comment of it's on site, man. It's on site. Let, let's do this, man. Let's let's make it on site then. Well, <clears throat> obviously the bad blood <clears throat> is uh is is only boiled over at this point. I mean, I, with him being on the cusp of a potential another shot at the title. At uh, 155, it would be very hard to imagine him actually moving up to fight you. But, obviously, that being uh, another potential matchup that you would be interested in. Uh, but give us your thoughts on this matchup between Gilbert and Kamaru. Gilbert kind of, uh, you know, took the division by storm. Uh, you know, came up rather quickly. Had some impressive wins. Beat your former nemesis, uh, Tyron Woodley. Uh, what do you think of the matchup and, and uh, you know, the potential for Burns to maybe shock the world? Everybody knows that I give out America's pick of the week every week on my Instagram, you know, sponsored by mybookie.ag. I got to thank them for, you know, always having my back. So, you know, if people want my opinion on that fight, they can get that during that. Besides that, what's a Dilbert? Who Who's Dilbert? No one knows what a Dilbert is. And, and you know, Marty out there just begging for an easy paycheck for some, any anybody but me. He knows after we fought who's the best welterweight in the world. It ain't him anymore. He knows that. He had to fake a nut shot. He would have been finished in the second round if Mark not so Goddard didn't didn't call uh, the most ridiculous foul ever. He knows he would have been finished if he didn't fake the eye poke on the other eye. I mean, the guy knows. I rocked him multiple times in that fight. I, I didn't think there was any brain cells left in Marty's head, but there actually still is because he's looking for easier fights and and you know he's looking to fight some guy named Dilbert who no one even knows who it is. So you know the thing is, is it doesn't matter who wins next weekend, Jason. Because everyone knows I'm the man. I'm America's champ. And to be the real champ, you got to come through me. And, and, you know, he hasn't came through me. He's got to settle the score. There's there's unfinished business there. And until we finish that business, 
that is not a real welterweight world championship next weekend. Were you surprised by the <clears throat> Were you surprised by the matchmaking against Gilbert? No, I wasn't surprised because he's looking for anybody but me. You know, I mean, first he was begging for Street Judas Masvidal because he knows that's an easy fight, and the guy's all hype, and he, he's a he's a front runner with no cardio, who's a who's a one hit wonder. He's not a well rounded fighter, so he's begging for that fight. And then once he found out that that guy didn't want to fight, then he's looking for the next easiest fight, and that's some guy named Dilbert. No one even knows what a Dilbert is, so you know he's going to go out there and fight for. The you know whatever little title you want to call that you know the corrupt uh, crooked title that's what it is it ain't a real world championship the only real world championship is when my name's attached to the docket at the top of the marquee. So to go back a ways here, I know uh, you know I mentioned your former foe uh, Tyron Woodley. Were you surprised? I mean, I, I know that you said he was on the downslope of his career and, and all the hype that you were trying to build for a fight against him. But were you surprised at how he looked when he fought Gilbert? Not at all. Uh, you know, I look at his last fight with Marty Fake Newsman. He had nothing left. And, and as soon as that fight was over, who was saying the exact same? Another thing I called, I said, hey, Woodley, Tyquil Woodley is washed up. He's completely done. He cashed out. He cashed out so many fights ago, man, when he made his pay-per-view off the Connor fight. That was the last time you ever saw a respectable and motivated Woodley. He, he's been cashed out. He's doing his TMZ. He's doing his, you know, trying to do his announcing. He's trying to do his rap albums, talking about me. The guy's irrelevant. I mean, and that's what it is. Everybody saw that. He, he's washed up. He has no fight left in him. And, you know, I, anybody could beat him. You could put literally any fighter in the welterweight division, they would beat that guy. So beating Tyrone Woodley right now is not impressive, and, and it doesn't warrant a title shot. So it's pretty pathetic that Tyre the UFC offered this Dilbert guy a title shot off of beating a washed-up Woodley. So obviously with the sentiment that you just expressed, that potential for a Woodley fight, that ship is long, long-sailed. Yeah, it's been long-sailed. What, what, what is that proof for me to go out there and beat a washed-up Woodley who's on a two-fight losing streak? The guy, the guy hasn't won a round in like three years. I mean, the guy, the guy's just completely done. He has nothing left to prove. So, what does that prove? I go out there and I knock out Tyron Woodley. Oh, I was supposed to do that. Then people are just going to give me shit. Oh, why'd you take the easy fights? There's a reason I'm the people's champion. I fight for the people, and the people want me and Marty Fake Newsman round two. And anything less is just criminal. I deserve it. You know, I earned it. And if I don't get it, it's not fair. And I only want the big fights. So if they're not going to give me a big fight, I'm not wasting my time. What's the word from the UFC on this when you tell them, hey, these are the two fights I'm interested in? Has there been any expression of their willingness to make these fights? No. There hasn't been, you know, the, the UFC's, I don't know what their deal is. I don't, I, I think honestly, they, they want to wait till fans come back with me because they know I'm a ticket seller. They know that I sell out arenas, you know, my last three fights, 20,000 deep, completely sold out arenas. So, you know, they want to wait till fans get back to bring Colby Chaos Covington back. And, and if that's going to be the end of the year, I'm cool with it. I'm getting better every single day, you know, and you haven't seen the best of me. So, you know, I, I think after we uh, get some, some clarity in next weekend and this Dilbert guy fights Marty Fake Newsman, I, I think the UFC will come back around and they'll offer America's champ, people's champ, and Donald Trump's favorite fighter a fight again. Well, I certainly hope so, man. I know that the uh, the, the haters and the people that love you, they, they certainly miss, uh, miss you competing. So <clears throat> I'd love to see you come back to action sooner rather than later. But at the same time, like you said, if we have to wait until – fans can come back into arenas, you are willing to do that. 
yeah, I'm willing to do that because, you know, I want to give the people what they want. You know, they want entertainment. They want they want their lives to, you know, feel a certain type of way again. And I, and I can do that for them. And, and I want to do that for them. I know it's been a tough time going through this, you know, fake pandemic that the Dems created because they don't want Donald Trump to win in November. But, you know, that, that that's OK. You know, we're going to get through this. And when fans do come back, you know, I'm going to put on a good show for them. And I'm not talking about just in the octagon. I'm talking about everywhere. And and, and you know, I, it, just because I can't show up certain places right now because stuff's locked down, you just wait till the economy opens back up. You're going to see my face everywhere. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be literally tormenting everybody. From Drew McIntyre, who I got a beef with, that little Scott Sasquatch who's been talking shit about me in the WWE. You know, the only reason Drew McIntyre's in his position right now is because Brock Lesnar was overlooking him. If Brock Lesnar took him serious, he wouldn't even be the WWE champ. So, you know, I got some people to see. I got to go see my good buddy, Uncle Uncle Dana White. And, uh, you know, we got to get some stuff hashed out because, you know, I'm in my prime right now. And I've never been better. And I'm excited to fight. And, and that's all I want to do is fight. And if they don't give me a fight in the octagon, you're probably going to be seeing me fight in the streets soon. <laughs> well, listen, man, you're always generous with your time. And I, and I greatly appreciate it. I just have a couple more questions here for you. You mentioned Drew McIntyre. That's something I wanted to get to. Where did that beef come from? I, it, it almost felt like you were, uh, you know, starting to starting to tease us with the potential WWE debut that you've been talking about for years. Yeah, you know, he just he came out of left field and just started trashing America's champ for no reason and not coming with facts, just saying stupid things that that you know weren't true and and uh, you know so. I gave him the option, you know, you, you want to run your mouth and think you're so big. Yeah, you, you may be seven feet tall, but you ain't going to be seven feet tall in your back, big boy. And, and you know, you, you never fought someone like me before. And, you know, I, that guy, he really pissed me off. I, I don't, I don't want to wrestle him in a wrestling match. I want that guy in an unsanctioned street fight in, in Saudi Arabia, in his home country, in Scotland, somewhere where, you know, there's going to be no rules, no commission, because I'm going to make that guy's face so bloody, he's never going to talk about me or any fighter ever again because he knows he doesn't know me he doesn't know anything about me and he and he thinks he does but he's gonna find out soon that he knows nothing and, and he should have kept his mouth shut because it ain't the size of the dog in the fight it's the size of the fight in the dog well that that old adage is 100 percent true my friend so i mean if you uh any plans to try to run into this guy i mean had, i know you responded to him on twitter do you see this thing escalating at all yeah, it's definitely going to escalate. If we see each other in public, it's it's not going to end well, Jason. And and you know the thing is, is that everybody knows when I want to find someone, I find them. You know, just because the pandemic's going on and it's tough to find people right now, I will find him. Just like Dana White, I said I was going to find him. What happened? I found him at the blackjack table at the Palms, and I confronted him. And the same thing goes for Drew McIntyre. When the economy opens back up and, and you know, he's least expecting me to come by, I will find him and I will make him pay for his words. Now, listen, man, uh, again, I, 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 I only hope that you can come back to competition sooner rather than later. But before we wrap this up, just give me a, you know, a summation of, of, of what the Colby Covington Incorporated thing is all about. I know we talked about the brand, building the brand. You've started your own gym. I know you can't mention coaches just yet. But, you know, what, what's the goal? Do you see, like... Uh, is is it, is it going to be a merchandise angle? Are you going to maybe uh, you know, start your own facility and bring in fighters and 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 help uh, grow the next generation? What's the goal? Yeah, the the goal is you know to bring in you know the next generation along with myself, you know, to finish my career on a strong note and and 
you know, give give people a look into what it takes to to get to this level and be able to succeed at this level, and and just put no rules on anybody. People can come there. Yeah, you got to be respectful, and, and you know, you gotta. There's a there's a right way to go about business, but I'm never gonna tell someone what they can and cannot say. I, you know, I want to train hard and. And I want to train like, you know, the troops train. They, they, they train, you know, like savages, man. They get drowned. They get they do it for our country, for the red, white, and blue, you know. I can tell you one thing. At Colby Covington Incorporated, we will never be kneeling for the flag. If you kneel for the flag, you'll get hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat. So, you know, I just want to te- teach good values at Colby Covington Incorporated. And I want to give, you know, like you said, the next generation an opportunity to come up and train with me and see what it's like. And, and, and I want to see the, you know, the, the growth and, and improvements of these guys and see them go on to win world titles. I'm not like Dustin and George. I don't have an ego. So if, if guys are going to come into my gym and do better than me, I'm going to be happy for them. I'm not going to be like Dustin and George where they got egos and they're bitter and they're jealous and they had to turn their back on me because I started doing better than them and making more money. No, I want to see guys come to Colby Covington Incorporate. I want to see them succeed. I want to see them change their lives and make a better life for themselves because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. I want you know people to live the American dream just like I am. Yeah, man, I don't think anybody questions your work ethic or who you really are in regards to you know giving back to the troops and like you said, uh, you know, just just being a genuinely decent person. Uh, however, you've taken marketability and the the uh, the uh, art of trash talk to a level that you know not too many people can get to. Uh, I'd imagine that's going to be a working component of Colby Coving Incorporated, just trying to teach these young young up and comers how to market themselves and how to maximize their paydays. Yep, that's exactly right, Jason. Is is to show these guys, you know, the business model and and what it takes to really, you know, become a star and be able to make respectable money. So if you're going to get locked in a cage and you're going to lose brain cells and you're going to risk, you know, giving a couple of your life, your years of your life away, that that you'll get paid for it and you'll be able to, you know, live the rest of your life how you want to live it. If you want to go sip pina coladas on the beach, then that's your God-given right to because you earned it. So. You know, they know that when they come to Colby Covington Incorporated, we work hard. It's no nonsense, but, you know, there's a business element to it, and, and I'm going to teach these guys that. And I've already had multiple guys come through, you know, wrestlers, and, you know, and, and you know, I'm teaching them the way and showing them what it takes and, and just giving them back all the time that people put into me, coaches, people, you know, uh, you know, just all that time that they, they, you know, put into me to be where I'm at today and, I want them to do the same thing and, and go chase all their goals and dreams and, and fulfill them and, and be happy when it's all said and done. Now, in terms of uh, the coaching staff, I know you said you can't get into it yet, but that, that will be revealed at some point. You are looking into you know building the team in terms of uh, coaching staff and, and then the people that will be working within the facility. Yeah, you know, I think when I get my next fight lined up, you know, that, that'll kind of be worked into the angle of uh, – you know, that'll be about the coaches and, and who put the time into me these last, you know, six months since my last fight. And, you know, we've been working very hard, very diligently. And, and you know, it just, it's just it's too soon to start talking about who I'm working with because it doesn't matter. What matters is is me and my fight career and the fights that are ahead of me in the future. And, and we'll get to that. You know, it's one step at a time, you know. And that's why I tell these guys every day that come to train with me at Colby Covington Incorporated that, you know, you got you to gotta trust the process, you know. And you got to take it one, one step at a time, one day at a time, put the hard work in, and everything else takes care of itself. So, you know, 
we'll talk more about coaches when it gets closer to a fight when I get a fight announced. But until then, man, it, it, this is the Colby show, and we're talking about Colby and, and fights that Colby has, and and that's that's it. All right, man. Well, listen, as always, brother, greatly appreciate the time. Always a fantastic conversation with you. Before we let you go, tell all your fans out there, all your haters, what they can expect from you from the remainder of the year. Will we see you fight again before next year? And, uh, you know, feel free to get any shout-outs, sponsor plugs. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I want to I give a shout-out to, you know, I want to say that, you know, just like Joe Biden said, that if you vote for Trump, you're not black. So I just want to let everybody know that, that if you're black and you vote for Trump, that you're not actually black. So that's, that's what Joe <laughs> Biden said. You know, I don't know. And then, you know, I just want to give a big shout out to, you know, Miami PD for letting me come through. Miami Beach PD let me come through, teach him a seminar, shoot some cool gums, M5, bunch of handguns, and just get to spend some time with our first responders. And always big, big thank you to the troops, you know, that they're serving and protecting our freedoms and, our and you know, they're, they're protecting the red, white, and blue, our flag. You know, that flag is for them, and they put their life on it for them. So big thank you to them. And big thank you to... You know, the silent majority that, that, that supports our, our great president, Trump, you know, he's he's put America first. He's working hard for the American people and he's on it. He's a lone warrior right now. No one's no one's standing up for him. Everybody wants to trash him. No one wants to talk about the good things that he's done, the good things that he continually does for our country that he doesn't need to do. He, he could be, you know, he could be living the rest of his life in peace and harmony with all the money he has. But no, he took it upon himself to expose the fake media, expose the fake narratives and. You know, I couldn't be more thankful for the Trump family. God bless the Trumps, God bless the troops, and God bless America. That is right, my friend. And what can everybody expect from Colby Chaos? I promise you, people, this is brewing something very, very big under the surface. And and I can just promise that when I come back, it's going to be something that you've never seen before out of me. And, and you can expect completely new things out of me. And, and just a guy that's, that's willing to put it all on the line and... Uh, you know, with reckless abandon to, to get what's what I rightfully deserve. And that, that's the real world, welterweight world championship. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be satisfied or content until I do that. You know, it wakes me up early in the mornings. It keeps me up late at night. And, you know, my whole focus, my whole life is dedicated to getting that world title. And I'm not going to do anything, you know, promises made promises kept. For sure, man, for sure. All right, Colby again. Thank you so much, brother. I hope we can catch up again, uh, you know, in another, another month or so. Uh, until then, my friend, and enjoy Miami. Keep doing that good stuff you're doing with, uh, you know, Miami PD and the troops and, you know, reaching out to, to, to the people that sacrifice for all of us to have our freedoms, like you said. And, uh, you know, again, greatly appreciated, brother. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it, Jason. Stay safe out there. Yep, you know it, man. Later, buddy. Later. Well, we certainly covered a lot there with Colby. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. It'll be very interesting to see how his career progresses now that he's started his own gym. Could be very beneficial, and I'm willing to bet that it will be. As you heard, he's campaigning for just a couple fights. Hopefully they come to fruition because they're both great matchups. And if that doesn't shake out, maybe we get to see him in a street fight with Drew McIntyre. But nonetheless, Colby is a very opinionated fellow and highly entertaining So, again, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with him. But let's keep it rolling like we always do. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Closing out this episode, UFC featherweight, Josh Emmett. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. 
one of the UFC's top featherweights coming off of a huge win, arguably fight of the year, the one and only Josh Emmett. Josh, been a while, my friend. How have you been? Yeah, it's been a while. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I've been good, man. I, I've been good until, uh, until last Saturday, uh, with, with the knee injury, but, uh, still staying in good spirits. I, I was like, I was pretty down and, and bummed about the knee cause I knew, I knew it was going to be really bad. Um, it actually turned out to be worse than I thought. So, uh, it was tough, tough few days just kind of dealing with it. Uh, but now I'm just, you know, th- there'll be a silver lining, uh, as hard as, man, I, I go through a lot of stuff and something bigger and better always comes from, I, I guess you could see, say at the, at the moment, um, I, I think just something super horrible, it always leads me to a bigger and better thing. So I'm just waiting for that, uh, to happen. So I'm staying positive and, uh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good now. Well, the, the, I get what you're saying, man. The the low lows always rebound to some high highs, right? So that that's that's very important to keep that in mind. But as you're saying here, it's it's like that injury after such a great performance that kind of soured the victory. Exactly, and uh, but but also it also made it that much sweeter, just because my my whole plan, man, I. I worked my ass off during this whole pandemic and shelter in place and quarantine. And, and I was going to come out of that better than when I went into it. And my plan was to go in there and completely outclass Shane Burgos and put him away early in the first or second round and make it look easy. But I injured my knee 15 seconds into the first round and I did it to myself uh, with the when I tried to blitz him with punches, I just stepped wrong and, and it kind of slipped and hyperextended my knee. And that's when I completely, yeah, tore my ACL in half. I sprained my LCL. I, I have partial tears in my MCL. I have a, a Baker cyst behind the knee that completely ruptured. Um, and when I tore my ACL, my femur and tibia, they hit each other so hard that I fractured my femur, femur and tibia. And I also took a huge dent out of the, the cartilage in between those two bones. So my, my plan went completely out the window, 15 seconds into the fight. And I know a lot of people are always like, Oh, good. Adrenaline's a, a hell of a thing. And I was like, it is. And it isn't like, I felt that, like I feel everything because we do this so much. So we still have adrenaline obviously, but it's like, man, it's just like odd, honestly, like another, it's like a glorified sparring match, especially in the setting that we were in. So I felt it It hurt like hell. Um, it kept buckling. I had no stability. I couldn't use my lateral. I, I just couldn't use my movement. Like I typically do. I couldn't kick with my right leg. I couldn't, I couldn't throw my overhand rights as hard as I wanted to because I couldn't sit on the punches. I had to use jabs and I'll still, I'll still throw in hard punches, but they weren't a hundred percent. So that's why everyone's saying like, you know, they're, they're amazed by Burgos's chin, which, which he's a tough, he's a solid dude. Like, man, I have nothing but respect for the guy in his camp, but they're like, Oh, they just kept talking about, he's got a tough chin. I wasn't hitting him as hard as I could. I was throwing hard punches, but nowhere near a hundred percent power. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't sit on that left leg. That's why I went to Southpaw and I would throw those left straights and the left overhands because I could sit on that punch and I could put all my weight on my right leg. And that's why 
I was dropping him with overhand lefts and, and straight lefts because I could sit on the punch. If I could have sat on my overhand rights and my straight crosses, I think I don't think he gets out of the first or second round if I have two legs. Yeah, I know you were saying going into this that you, you were confident that you could finish him. Uh, and obviously, I, man, I can't believe that was that was 15 seconds in and then you were like, all of that injury, do you think it? Do you think it uh, compounded over the over the course of the fight, or do you think no. the injury was that bad right at right at the get go? It was. It was right there. That's one thing that people were saying. They're like, you know, that's kind of stupid. He continued to do that. No, for one, you know how I, I honestly think what I was dealing with, most fighters would have given up right then or looked for a way out, and that would have been okay. And then the next few days, coming out with the injuries I sustained. That's okay, but in my mind, you guys see me fight. Like I'm, I'm hiding compound fractures in my hand. I, I've, 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 I know you guys I've, never, you guys never go in at 100. percent There's always something nagging, but I mean the severity of what you're dealing with there. I mean, I'm sure everybody in your camp, family, friends, fellow fighters have to be commending you for fighting through with that kind of injury. That's incredible. No, they are, and, and but they know they know me. The people that truly know me, you know my my coaches, my family, my friends, my my teammates. They they know what I'm capable of, and even that performance, even though it was like okay, it was it was everyone saying it's exciting from the outside. I was I was down on myself because I still didn't get to scratch the surface. I, I was going to go out there and show a complete new game and mix everything everything up and. Um, to me, it was kind of a lackluster fight, kind of like in my my mind, my, my opinion, what I'm capable of. I, I just, it, I, I can do so much better. But it, it turned into be, you know, a, a great fight. And Dana was there live, and I, and I made a fan out of him because that's the first time he saw me fight live. And he was like, you know, he was clapping and ooing and on and jumping out of his seat and told me how great of a fight it was afterwards. And he knew I was hurt because they saw that right away. But then to go on and, and fast forward a few days later, then to see the severity of the injury that I sustained, people like doctors and orthopedic surgeons are like, he shouldn't have been able to walk on that. I don't know how he did that. Trust me, I had to dig down super deep and I was playing mind games with myself and I was literally talking. It's like, it's like you have, you know, it's like your conscience, but you have like, you have that, 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 that good voice in your head and the bad voice. And I'm sitting there talking to myself and I'm like, for one, I, I worked my ass off for this. I'm too many hours for the biggest fight of my career today, co-main event during this pandemic with all eyes on me. I'm not giving up. That's something I will never do unless I get knocked out or caught in something you have to finish me and, and i was like i'm not going home with one check because how pissed would i be right now right if, right if i gave up if i gave up and I, I got one check and i have this at least i got three checks <clears throat> i got a big win everyone's talking about it and i have this but i'm, I'm in the best hands with with the pi and and heather and I'm, i've been working with perfecting athletes and all these other dietitians and i have the best team behind me so i'm uh I'm just truly blessed and grateful of everything I have in my friends and family, my wife that, you know, she's going above and beyond helping me. And it's just, I'm in a good place given the, you know, even with the, the stupid injury, if I didn't have my knee injury, I feel so good right now. Like literally I could fight this weekend if someone backed out, if, if my knee wasn't screwed up. Right. Right. Well, it sounds like the level of, of, of success that you're striving for, is exactly the reason that you don't feel the performance was as great as everybody else is saying. Aside from the injury, you know, regard obviously that affected your performance, but uh, you you aren't that happy because you know 
you were capable of much better. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I still feel like it was just. It, it's good. I, don't get me wrong. I, I'm happy with the outcome and and how it went down. But it but it turned into too, I guess, too close of a fight. And I just kind of I just kind of stood there. But but again, Shane Shane is a man. He's he's a tough tough dude and and super super cool. You know, like just just getting to talk to him a little bit in his camp. Everyone's like. Yeah, they're just, they're just really good people, and uh, and he he's done well in, in his career, and he's young, and he will continue to do really well. I saw the rankings just came out. I don't think he should have dropped down that much, and all these people hopping in front of him. Like, I think he stays right there or moves up. You know, he's he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, man. But you know, like I'm saying, to go back to the striving for success thing. I mean, this is hearing you talk like that only lends itself to your goals as a champion and what you really want to accomplish in this sport. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and that's one thing that I've, I've been saying all along. <clears throat> I only got into fighting because I only wanted to fight in the UFC. I wasn't going to fight in any other organization I got offered to, but it was UFC or nothing for me. I finally got there and my first on four day notice, I had a horrible hand, another hand injury. I had a compound fracture in, in my fight and I hid that from the judge and continued to fight and won in a crazy uh, fight but my goal once I got my foot in the door was I'm going to be a world champion and, and that's that's what I'm, I'm set on and, and that's inevitable I will be a world champion it's just a matter of time it's just taking me a little longer than I, I anticipated but with this fight I knew I, I figured I was like two fights away for fighting for the title but after that fight and how it went down and then them knowing how I fought on one leg and I still performed that well I'm seeing everybody's saying I wouldn't be mad if Josh got the winner of Volkanovski and Holloway. And either would I. I think Volkanovski and I match up very well. Or even, at worst case, the winner of you know Ortega Zombie. Something like that. It just depends on how everything kind of plays out. But right, you're I, you're 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 one or you're either the next guy or one away. Yeah, exactly. Now, and I feel like stylistically, if Volkanovski beats Holloway. Again, uh, I just think stylistically, it's just a, it's a tough matchup for Max. And, and I was saying Volkanovski was going to beat him before all the interviews leading up to it. I just, I feel like Volkanovski and I are very similar. And, I was just I think- about to say that, dude. You guys are very similar. And I, believe it or not, I was on that same train of thought, man. I thought Volkanovski was going to be a problem for Holloway. Yes, and, and, but then we have the. I, I feel like we're like not identical, obviously, but. Like we're the same height, we we have the same background, wrestling background. We're we're probably the the biggest, most powerful, explosive fighters in the division. Uh, he he's a great champion, and but I just feel like I just feel like we match up so well, and that would be an exciting, exciting fight because it go back and forth. You know what I mean? Like he hits hard, I hit hard. It, it only takes one shot to end or change the fight. And, and it, it would be like, I think that would be the most similar to me fighting myself. And, and so I, I want that fight. You know, I, I know I can compete with the best in the world. Uh, I just, I finally needed that push from the UFC and I needed to go out there and perform well so I could show the, the, the fans in the world what I'm capable of. But I, I didn't, I didn't get to do that, but I still, even, at, not at my worst, but with one leg, I still, you know, fought a tough, tough fight against a dangerous opponent. Where I, Shane Burgos beats guys in the te- top ten. He, he can go on there and beat guys in the top ten. I think he beats guys in the top five, and I and I did it on one leg. So it's like, I think they finally see 
the value in me, the UFC, and I made a fan out of Dana White, and, you know, I'm just, that's why I'm just thinking, maybe this is a blessing in disguise, too. I got injured, these guys are going to fight, they probably wouldn't want to fight anytime soon, so who knows, if if I can make this recovery, and, and I will beat whatever they tell me, if I decide to do the surgery, or I don't, whatever the timeline is, I guarantee you I will beat that by and I will be back in fighting uh, possibly the very beginning of the year or whatever happens. So maybe, maybe this would bypass my next fight and get me that winner if, you know, Volkanovski wins this fight coming up. Right, and, you know, to, to get back to what you were saying earlier, uh, it seems like, you know, you really proved something to yourself getting through that injury and being able to put on such a great performance. Yeah, no, it's like I didn't prove anything to myself because that's, but I think I, 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 it just shows the fans that I, I, I will never quit. And, and that's the people that are closest to me and really know me. They know. Like, I feel like my mentality is my, I say it over and over again, that is my strongest attribute. Fighting is more me- mentally challenging than physical. And, and there's no one that's going to mentally break me. I, I will not cower away from uh, any type of adversity or fight, I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay in your face. I'm going to fight till the, the, you know, the bitter end have to. And, and I, I'm willing to go through anything. Like I'm willing to have any like injuries. I'm willing to suffer like a great deal of pain as long as I get my hand raised. Um, I, I always say it's tough to me because when I work with a mind coach, Josh yeah, I was just well, I was just about to bring that up, man. I remember in previous conversations you've mentioned that uh, you know, in talking about how much of a mental game this is, you've discussed uh, having a mind coach and how much that's been a benefit to your career. Yeah, no, and I've been working with uh, Josh Manuel for man coming up on over four years. Uh, we we work a lot, and man, he works with a lot of uh, special force. Uh, special forces, people in the military. He works with law enforcement, and, and you know he works with a handful of fighters. But he's super selective. Um, he reached out to me after my first fight in the UFC. How I took it on four day notice. How I suffered that compound fracture bone sticking out of my finger. I hit it. I continued to fight through and get my hand raised. He said he saw something in me, so he reached out to me. And then, yeah, we we've been talking ever since. And and he's done. He's worked wonders for my game. And we do a lot of. It's like uh, we do like like deep trances as well. We do visualization. We do hypnosis, um, and, and he's just an intelligent, phenomenal guy, and elevated my game like no other. So I owe a lot of you know. I've always been a mentally strong individual, but he's just amplified it, and 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 I owe a lot of credit to him. And everything that we worked on, even though I all my plans went out the window in the first fifteen seconds. I still executed and landed every shot that we were, you know, going over and doing all these types of, uh, you know, tricks and sessions with. I just, you know, with the with the power uh, being taken away from me, I, I just I couldn't put him out. Um, but yeah, no, that that is something that. I, do you think like do, you, do do you think you would have been able to get through that injury and put on the performance you did? If you had not been doing all of this mental coaching, uh, you know, over the past four years, uh, who knows? Like, I know you probably like. I, obviously, you want to say yes because you you know you're a tough dude. But I mean, that's got to be a huge factor to being able to push through something like that. 
Yeah, no, for sure. No, it definitely is. And who, who knows if I could, but I've, but I've, I've gone through so many things in my life and, um, <laughs> that's why I feel like in a controlled setting and, and I have a time limit. I'm like, okay, I, I'm looking at the clock. I have 14 and a half minutes. 14 and a half more minutes to go through hell. I'm telling myself, you will be happy. Just you get this win and you get your paychecks. Like, you will be happy. And and I know I would be beating myself up right now. I'd be so depressed if I if I just did not get the win and I, I cowered away like most would have done. Um, I would be in a bad place right now. So, uh, yeah, who knows if I would have been able to do it. Maybe I wouldn't have been able to do it without the mind coaching. And I feel like he, he's like a, another one of my, my secret weapons. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to uh, push through it without it. We've done so many things to where it, it's almost like I always describe it as I'm going to hop into my, my car and I'm going to floor as fast as I can into a tree with no seatbelt. Hope, <laughs> hope, hope everything goes well. That, that's what I think. That's how I think a fight is. But I, 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 I'm okay. And, and I accept like, so my mentality is I know I'm not sure what's going to happen. I have an idea what I'm going to do, but I accept, um, the pain I'm about to endure because it, it's going to hurt. Like I, I just do. It's, I'm not going to go in there. I'll feel all fresh. And then when it happens, I, I like, Oh shit, what is this? And I stop. I, I'm ready. Like bring it on. I, I accept the pain. Like I, I like to, I like to go in there and get hit. I like to do some stuff to see how powerful and fast and hard they hit. Like, but, but I'm willing to, to endure anything. Well, I mean, how many, how many durable guys have we seen in this sport that are, just like that. You know, some people said Forrest Griffin had to get hit to get going. I mean, you can name countless other guys that uh, maybe not so much enjoy it, but, you know, that level of durability is uh, is, is something really special that you don't see in every every athlete that goes out there to compete. Yeah, and, and I just like not like that to get going, but I like to just like get hit to see how hard they hit uh, because then I know. And not to say like I'm like one of the – I feel like I am durable, but I, I feel like if you look even at, I guess I have the the number one record for, I'm like the most defensive fighter in featherweight too. I get hit the least amount of times, you know? So I, I, I hold that record too, you know? Uh, so I'm not trying to just get hit, but I, I need to get hit because I respect my opponent so much. And, and I'm not sure because I've never sparred him. I never, I, I've never fought him. Like, so right, I, like you want to know. You want to know what's up. And, and then when I get hit, I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. I spar like the team I come from, and I also spar with my buddy that's a professional box and uh, boxer, Ruben Torres, under the great Ray Woods that uh, trained uh, Diego Corrales, and right now he has Xavier Martinez that's by the money team. Um, he hits hard. Ruben hits hard, and he throws punches and bunches. So like I do a lot of sparring with him, and I knew going into it, Burgos had phenomenal boxing. But I was saying the whole time, it's not as good as Ruben's. He doesn't hit as hard as Ruben, and and that boosts my confidence, you know, as well. Now to get back to the injury, what? Obviously, I know you've said you talked to, to to doctors. There's there's surgery on the table. Has anybody told you? I'm I'm sure maybe this has come out in the news. I just didn't get a chance to look it up. What is the layoff timeline looking like for this? So it just depends. Uh, most people, if, if I do the surgery, uh, doctors will tell people ACL reconstruction, nine to twelve months. That's for ordinary people. Uh, me, I, I feel like I feel like if I got the surgery right now, 
I can fight in six, seven months. Uh, like fight. I'll be better way before then. Uh, but it just depends. I, I'm still, I stayed out in Vegas. I'm staying out here till July 2nd and I've been, I've been doing treatment like twice a day at the PI with Heather. Uh, I'm doing strength. I started strength and conditioning today as well. Um, I'm going to go home over the 4th of July weekend and then kind of see how I feel. The swelling's way down. You can see my leg looks like a leg now. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm actually, you know, I can actually, like, I couldn't walk for a while. Like, I, I can walk around the hotel. I can walk around the PI uh, with no crutches. And she's like, where are your crutches at? I'm like, if I go for a longer distance walk, I'll, I'll wear them because I do have the fractures still on my tibia and femur. Um, but there's also a lot of people you've seen in college that have been like national champions in wrestling. There's Olympians that have no ACLs. There's professional athletes. There's a lot of guys in the UFC that have no ACL and they do really well. Um, so I'm also, there's only a few lucky people that do really well and don't have ACLs and, and things like that. And, and, and possibly I could be one of those uh, lucky individuals. And, and if that was the case and my rehab's going really well and I'm getting my muscles to fire and kind of take over in place of the ligaments, uh, just retraining my body, who knows? I, I could possibly fight in four months, you know, if I didn't go the route of the surgery. So I'm, I'm just kind of playing it by ear. I'm right, weighing those options and just seeing how you're feeling going forward. I'm taking it day by day, and I'll, I'll make a decision in uh, two and a half, three weeks what I'm going to do. But the UFC is taking care of me. They extended our stay. We're, we're doing just everything. that They'll send me to the best doctors in the world and, you know, uh, whoever I need to see and want to see. Uh, but but I, I need to make that decision for myself. If it was up to them, I would have had the surgery yesterday. But I just want to see how I feel and and it's only going to help my speed of my recovery afterwards once I get this swelling out the range of motions moving then I go into surgery healthier uh I think it'll speed up the recovery even that much more if I decide to do the surgery right it's risk risk versus reward right exactly and, and I feel like with what I'm dialed into now I feel that I have a solid five years left in me, if not longer, six, seven years. I feel like everything's really coming in uh, to place. I feel the best I've ever felt. Um, I got into this later. I haven't taken a lot of damage besides one fight in my entire MMA career. Um, so so I have a, a long road ahead of me still. So I so I do want to do what's best for the longevity of my career. If I had, if I had one, one year left two years there's no way in hell i'll do the surgery but I, I still haven't made the decision right and like you were saying earlier man it's all it's all fate in your fighting career that's you know led you to this point yes this injury is awful and it's a setback but it like you were saying it could be a blessing in disguise to where everything lines up the stars align perfectly for you to get into that title shot um you know speaking of those competitors uh like you mentioned there's ortega tkz and there's uh volkanovsky and holloway rematch which fight are you most excited for? Honestly, Volkanovski, just because he's the one with the title. Him and I are the most similar, and I feel like I'm one of the dangerous fighters in the division for anyone, but I also feel like Volkanovski's right up there, and it would be most similar to fighting myself. And so it, that would be a tough, tough um, just puzzle to solve and, and prepare for and it would it would motivate and excite me more than anything um however so you that, are you are open to taking that eliminator fight against the winner of 
Ortega and the Korean Zombie. Yeah. Exactly. But but I want something like that. So if I don't get the winner of that, then I want I want whoever's number one or two. Besides Holloway, of course, he's the number one contender. He's getting his rematch, which is rightfully deserved. Absolutely. Uh, but I, if I can't get the winner of them, uh, yeah, I'll take that. Depending on where everything's out with injuries, visas, all these other things, if that doesn't work, the the, the eliminator match, get, give me the winner of this title shot. You know, I will perform. I will do very well. Um, I, I like I said, I can beat anyone in the world, and if if I the best me shows up, there's not one person that can beat me. Um, I, I can I can hang with anyone. So all of this considered, man, it sounds like 2021, you're going home with a title at some point. Yes, sir. And 21 is my favorite number, so that that would uh, work out perfect. <laughs> you're a blackjack player. Uh, yeah, blackjack. I like. Hit the craps table, but yeah, no, 21 is my favorite number. Uh, it always has been, and uh, yeah, that would be, I, I was always saying 2020, but uh, it looks like 2021 is looking a little better now. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if it's your favorite number, man. All right, well, listen, Josh, you've been more than generous with your time, as always. I, I, I greatly appreciate it, and honestly, to hear how in high spirits you are considering the insanity of that injury, man, I think the, you know, the future is, is very, very bright for you. Um, so that being said, man, I mean, tell all the fans out there why you're the guy that will be the champ in 2021. And, you know, I know you've talked about the, the matchup with Volkanovsky, but, you know, tell everybody why your du- durability, your uh, uh, skill set, why you're the toughest matchup in this division. I just think everything I possess. Remember, I, I come from a wrestling background. I, I wrestle at the collegiate level. Um, my jiu-jitsu is good. I just haven't got to showcase it, you know. Um, Too busy but, knocking but people love, out. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a little easier. You know, I, I, love, the, <laughs> I love the box. I love striking. I, I feel like I do feel like I'm the most powerful uh, featherweight in the division. Uh, I feel like I'm the most athletic, the, the most explosive, and I think I have the recipe uh that matches up very well with Volkanovski and, and can, uh, you know, solve that puzzle. And, and, and that's what I'm gunning for. You know, that, like, I will be a world champion. That's inevitable. But uh, I need the opportunity. And you want to do it against Volkanovski. That's that's the prime pick for you. If you got to handpick your opponent, it would be it would be Alex. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Just because I think that would be the most exciting fight, too. Um Yes, yeah, like I can only super, imagine, dude. Like you said, just, just just how close you guys are, and and you know, not only the skill set but size, power. I mean, you're you're absolutely correct. It would be a hell of a show. Obviously, it sounds like you're picking him to uh, to beat Max in the rematch. Yeah, I, I think it's just I think it's going to be the same outcome. You know, like I said, stylistically, uh, styles make fights, and it, it's a difficult style because Volkanovski stays. He, He's, just, he's really good at what he does. You know, he comes from a phenomenal camp, coaches, teammates, all these things, and he does good with setting up his kicks, finishing punches. He stays in that shell. He'll he'll start with punches, he'll finish kicks, and he just he can go orthodox southpaw. He's constantly moving around, going inside kicks, outside kicks. He, he's a, he's a he's a really cerebral fighter, and, and I feel like I am too. So I feel like it would just be it would be fun just to get in there and just us figure each other out and make adjustments, uh, on the fly and just, but yeah, I feel like with that fight, it's, it's going to be the same outcome unless, you know, of course, Max catches him with something, but, uh, the first fight, I, I thought it was, 
it was a unanimous. I, th- I thought Volkanovski did really well and, and won every single round. Um, but, you know, Max was, you know, the GOAT. And so that's why he needs to get this uh, rematch back. And, uh, yeah, we'll kind of sit back and, and wait. But I'm super excited about this fight. Yeah, man, it's, t- it's tough to, you know, when, the, when a fight is so one-sided, it's very tough to uh, think of how he's going to be able to make those adjustments. But we shall see. And regardless, yeah, you know. can happen. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, for, he, and even, did you see, Volkanovski was chiming in during Burgos in my fight. He chimed in like three times, you know. He, he He's a good dude. I, I met him down in Rio. He's a man, he, he's a, he's a solid guy and, and a great yeah, champion. But absolutely. Like, nothing, nothing against him. I just think, like, I just think stylistically we would be, you think Burgos and I was, you know, fight of the night, fight of the year candidate. Wait till you see Volkanovski and I fight. Yeah, so clearly – he knows what's up. You're on his radar, and he's feeling the same way, probably, that you guys are uh, probably the best matchup in the division uh, for each other. Yeah, I believe so. Awesome, man. Well, listen, Josh, I certainly hope that this recovery goes well, whatever you decide to do, whether it be the surgery or uh, just to you know deal with having no ACL. Uh, I hope it goes well, and I hope to see you back in action soon because, as you said, 2021 – no reason you can't be a champion. You've had a, a great rise to, to, the, uh, to the top of the rank so far, and it's been a pleasure to watch you compete uh, and also always a pleasure to speak with you. Before we let you go, though, anything you want to say, shout-out, sponsor plugs, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, no, I, I just have one that's been there from the from the get-go. They know who they are. My friends, family, sponsor, supporter. Trifect is a huge uh, sponsor of mine. Sky Naturals, uh, CBD, Mastermind. So really anything uh, – Everyone that supports me, they can go to joshemmett.com. They can follow along on there. I have all the, the my sponsors. There's a lot of like my social media stuff is on there and, and just a ton of articles. So that's kind of a one-stop shop for for everything uh, me, Josh Emmett. So joshemmett.com, and they can find me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at joshemmettufc. And my last name is E-M-M-E-T-T, not I-T or one T. <laughs> two T's. Two T's. The UFC can't even spell my damn name wrong. <laughs> yeah, my... yeah, so listen, Penn Nation, go out, give the man a follow, give him some support, and uh, let's make sure we see him in a title fight coming up very soon. Uh, again, Josh, thank you for the time, man. I hope you get well soon. I hope we can chat again soon as well. Yeah, you know me any anytime. I appreciate you, Jason. Always a pleasure, my friend. You have a great day. Heal up soon and get back to kicking ass, bro. All righty. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Yep. Have a good one, bud. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation with Josh Emmett. One tough SOB to say the least. Incredibly impressive to put on such a great performance after sustaining such serious injuries so early in the first round. As he discussed there in depth, that is a testament to his durability, his toughness, and his will to win. So big mahalo to Colby and Josh for joining us for episode 130. And a big thank you to all of you, Penn Nation, for tuning in as well. Make sure you guys subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it. And make sure you guys follow BJPenn.com on all your social media platforms for all the latest and greatest from the sports you love of mixed martial arts. We have got you covered. We're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today, and we take that with pride. So with all that being said, Penn Nation, thank you very much for the support. All the love to you guys. I hope everybody's staying safe out there. 
We'll be back again soon with another episode, but until then, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out, everybody.